I'm well, thank you. Uh, I, I hope indeed that you are well as well. I'm well too, thank you. Kanyazil, I want us to start off a junior minor. Uh, out there, MC Mining. They certainly have had a lot of uh, musical chairs out at the top. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, CFOs, CEOs, acting CEOs in the last while. Uh, and, uh, yeah, now I guess a new personnel once again, uh, former Anglo-American executive, Godfrey Gomwe, coming in as a new CEO, and the former finance minister, Nene, coming in as the new chair. Uh, talk to us about, uh, I guess, what has happened in this particular firm over the last while and what uh, this new pair of hands might potentially mean for the junior minor. Yes, I am. So, um, what happened is that um, the recent CEO, who is Sam Rendazzo, resigned on Wednesday after not receiving a bonus as well. Mm. Uh, so, he has been an acting CEO for the past for a year, actually, after replacing Brenda Berlin, who was also an acting CEO for a year. And she replaced David Brown, who was a CEO um, for a six-year tenure. So what has happened is uh, Godfrey Gomwe has now replaced uh, Sam Randazzo, and he brings a wealth of mining, commercial, financial, and leadership expertise. Mm. And um, has said that he will he will bring extensive skills that will be very available to the MC mining company. Yeah, and and I guess you know the other question, of course, is. Um, when one looks at where the mining sector is now, relative rally in commodity markets, I think there are a few subcategories that uh, have seen some muted uh, commodity price growth. But in the main, I mean, this is this is a good time in the world of commodities. And uh, it certainly, uh, I guess, has meant not so good a time if you're changing personnel all of the time for MC Mining. Yes, that, that's true, um, Ayabonga. Uh, so today, I, I guess the news were accepted well by the markets as MC Mining's share price was up 19.35% at mm-hmm. the close of trade. And um, so what, what's happening is that uh, the commodities have been boosted by what's going on in Russia and Ukraine currently. And um, however, surprisingly, uh, recently we've heard uh, investors who were judged and questioned by uh, some analysts for investing in the likes of Tungela um, because of the ESG concerns. As you know, coal mining companies are regarded to, to uh, contribute negatively towards mm. the, the carbon, emission, carbon emissions. So um, MC Mining is also one of the companies who would be, uh, uh, be an ESG concern Amongst investors, however, it's, it's actually been uh, being supported by investors quite well since the changes in the CEO and the chairperson of the company. Mm, mm. And then let's shift our attention away from that and take a look at, uh, I guess, staying within the uh, commodity sector. Uh, and I guess I found the story of interest to us here in South Africa with all of the oil and gas exploration uh, that is often spoken about, of course, uh, not without any resistance of its own. Uh, but um, we often speak about a sovereign wealth fund. Uh, so taking a lot of the windfalls and a lot of the money that would be generated from resources that we think at some point will end, they're going to be depleted, they're finite, um, and setting up a fund that invests in other areas, uh, potentially on behalf of the sovereign of, of the country. And it seems uh, Senegal might be close to uh, getting the till ringing in their sovereign wealth fund uh, in the next while. Talk to me about what's happening here, can you see? 
So Senegal Sovereign Wealth Fund um, is considering investing in their neighboring countries after mm. I'd received some revenues from the oil and gas newfields um, that they have in the nation. And they say uh, the revenues will allocate a minimum of 10% into the fund, while the floor allows the fund to then invest up to 25% of the assets under management in the fund abroad. Uh, so, but for now, Senegal will be focusing on the local market. And once the fund reaches its, criti- its critical size, mm. then it can invest in the other markets, particularly in the Western African economies with which it shares the CFA franc currency. Uh, for example, Mauritania, that is north of Senegal. And, and I guess, I mean, wh- what's the thinking behind this? Um, what not to keep all of your eggs in one basket? So uh, the thinking around it is, is, is exactly that. And in addition, is that um, the Senegal uh, ministers are very optimistic about the economic growth of the country. And um, they said uh, this oil and gas production will boost uh, the economic growth by 10% next year, while the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, uh, sees an economy expansion of 5% this year and 92 percent in 2023 and their report released on the 19th of april um they also uh they also want to really um focus on uh growing their own economy by investing in a capital fund in Fonses, which is a fund that is managed in the capital city of Senegal, uh, Senegal dakar mm. and uh, it wants to invest at least 500 million dollars by 2025 and I guess, you know, for us back here at home, I, I mean, we also heard some some news. I think I, I saw one of the main financial dailies running with a story uh, that uh, some of the fines that have been seen in Nam- off the coast of Namibia and South Africa um, are very significant in the scope of what, I guess, has been found, um, you know, thus far in the world of oil and gas. Um, and this is something that South Africa, I guess, has been thinking about or at least talking about. I don't know, it's maybe exploring. What, what do you think of this type of notion of a sovereign wealth fund, uh, even, not just only, I guess, for oil and gas, but even for many of the very rich mineral deposits that we have? I really think it's a great idea, especially because it works towards boosting the economy of a particular country. And for um, resource-rich countries like South Africa, for example, it could really benefit uh, the, the country in terms of uh, the revenues that the government could get from such funds and the support as well that perhaps the SOEs would get from this fund, uh, provided that they, they do need resources. Mm, mm. And then talking about funds, uh, Marcy Ventures. Maybe let's start there. Who is Marcy Ventures? And uh, it seems they're investing uh, in a beauty, hair and care and cosmetics company here. Uh, talk to us about that. Yes, so Massey Ventures is a um, co-founded uh, venture capital company. It was co-founded by uh, by Jay-Z, uh, which is a famous rapper that we know, as well as Jay Brown and Larry Marcus. So it was founded in 2018, and it invests in consumer and culture uh, businesses. So what happened here is that um, in, partner, in partnership with Sandbridge Capital, uh, Marcy Ventures has uh, invested $33 million in a company called Medicine Reed. Mm. And Medicine Reed is a company of hair care and color, hair color products that was founded in 2013 by a lady called Amy Ariad in San Francisco. 
and it's also a private company. Mm, mm. And and I guess I mean, if one thinks about some of the other investments that uh, Marcy Ventures has made, um, I mean, is this one that would have any direct synergies to those? Yes. So uh, Marcy has invested in um, companies such as Savage. Expenti, which was founded by Rihanna. Mm. Um, it has backed up a lot of consumer companies and this, this particular company is, um, is, uh, is growing very well because, uh, it explain, the, the CEO explained that the stores, the number of stores grew by fivefold during the pandemic and they can, uh, they are taking more profits from the growth that they're making and they are on the right path in terms of growth. So in terms of uh, the investments that Masi Ventures makes, this is one of the great uh, investments. Mm. And it's in the Series G stage of the funding, which is a growing um, fund fundraising series or stage in America right now in terms of the venture capital industry. And I'm sure that Masi Ventures is um, pleased to be one of the participants mm. in this funding. What do you guys in the markets mean when you talk about Series G funding or Series so, A, Series B? So with series venture C. capital, mm. right, um, there are types of stages when it comes to funding. So there's a stage, uh, well, in America, it works in Series A to G. Okay. In South Africa, it works with Stage 1, Stage 2. Mm. So there's like Series A, which is equivalent to Stage 1 in South Africa, is when is a business idea that hasn't grown into a business yet that venture capitalists would invest in. And when a company is receiving Series G funding, it's at a later stage when a company has already been successful in selling their products, but it needs more money because it's a business that is capex intensive. Oh, I see. So, so I guess the, the, the need to raise the capital would be dependent on how... I don't know how to put this. How how or what the capital would be used for? And I guess in this case, um, you know, uh, they want to expand their store footprint. They want to expand, I guess, their presence and uh, points of presence across the United States. Yes, uh, that's precisely that. So what the capital is needed for, if it's to start the business off the ground, it would mm. be around stage A. And if it's to continue to operate and expand into new opportunities, then it would be around stage G. Mm-hmm. And and what do you make of this? I mean, I'm quite interested in your thoughts on, I guess, you know, a lot of popular culture figures setting up, uh, you know, venture funds of this kind. I mean, it's been happening for a while now. I think uh, one of the other hip-hop stars, Nas, has got a, his own, I think it's called Queen's Bridge uh, Ventures or something like that. And they invest in the world of tech as well. How, how prevalent is this? Um, and more importantly, I guess I'm quite interested in that a lot of these ventures often go in with other venture capitalists into some of these deals. Well, the rappers realized that there's no money in music, so they went to business. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's, it's a very, well, private markets are growing in the U.S. as well as in the European markets. Mm. So uh, the venture capital market is, is such a, um, it's a great opportunity for investors to raise money, especially because the, return, the returns in Private markets are very high compared to the public markets, hey? Mm. Um, and, and there's a lot of private businesses that are doing um, a lot of commercial business in terms of, especially consumer services, that most people are familiar with, but they don't know who owns the business. Mm. So uh, 
just exposes uh, investors who have money and and see a lot of growth in those private companies to to put what they they are making or what whatever money they have into those companies and stimulate their growth. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about clicks and uh, yeah, they put out a set of half yearly numbers. I think it's the first set of numbers that they put out uh, since they shut the doors of Musica. Uh, which uh, was a sort of a music uh, a retailer, which was part of the Clicks Group, and now I guess um, very much just Clicks and the distribution business, Clicks retail stores, I should say, and the distribution business. What do you make of how those different segments have performed? The distribution side via UPD, uh, which services both other pharmacies, you know, hospitals, and and the like, and then of course Clicks retailers, which uh, seemingly uh, was vaccinating many many South Africans over the last while. Yes, so uh, Clicks had impressive results today. Um, it uh, it, re- it, re- it relieved, pardon me, it relieved results that were highlighting its continued defensive um, business model, and the tra- the retail retail sales grew by thirteen percent, which was impressive, and uh, selling price of three point seven percent. So the distribution. Business, however, had a muted growth in turnover at 0.6% with a price inflation of 1.9%. So the wholesale turnover of the distribution part declined by 3.6%, owing mainly to lower sales in private hospitals as well as independent pharmacies during less severe COVID-19 fourth wave. As you know, Omicron was uh, deemed to be less severe mm. relative to the other types of COVID-19 variants. Look, they've paid back shareholders 1.3 billion rand, uh, which is nearly in equal proportion dividends and share buybacks. Um, I mean, wh- what do you make of that, I guess, in the context of uh, uh, what they've come out? Because all of those dividends and buybacks, I guess, would have come from incomes that they would have been able to distribute or cash reserves. What do you make of that? Yes. So, um, the that comes from um, a small increase in their capital expenditure. So that means they, they generated a lot of cash as well as their operating profit grew uh, impressively by 7.6%. So that fed into the headline earnings, which grew by um, 27%, uh, which is very impressive. So the, their, as their earnings grew, um, that allowed them to uh, pay back dividends to shareholders as well as do a share buyback, which is really liked by many investors. And then, I guess, just before we let this one go, um, you know, Kanyisile, a uh, big question marks I guess, on the impact that uh, not only the riots uh, would have had, because one would think that uh, the six months ending 28 February 2022 would coincide uh, with uh, when they would have started to feel. I guess, the uh, impact of some of those riots. In July, I mean, I think this year would have started around September, right? Somewhere there. Mm -hmm. Um, They mentioned that in their numbers, but also, I guess, mentioned the recent floods. Yes, so they said uh, they've made claims uh, to settle settle the damages that were caused by the riots. Um, And they've received so far 710 million rands um, in, in the first interim, um, as well as 217 million rand that has been accounted accounted for in the 2021 financial year, and in the second interim payment, uh, they they um, received 217 million, uh, which will be included in the current report, reporting period, 
while the final payment they're expecting of 276 million rand will be accounted for in the 2022 full year results. And uh, I guess the last one on this one, that distribution business, uh, probably, I guess, seeing much, much better margin growth there, seemingly more volumes. Uh, They've also announced that they're going to do quite a bit of CapEx. Talk to me about how important it is uh, on the supply chain side, on the IT side, uh, to make sure that you continue, I guess, reinvesting some of that capital rather than just paying it over to shareholders. Yes, so so IT plays an important role when it comes to um, supply chain and distribution, especially by ensuring that the inventory levels of the companies are at um, um, a level that that makes sure that there's stock availability and also the accuracy uh, of inventory levels is needed. So an investment in IT systems is important for a distribution um, company. And the fact that uh, UPD is um, securing more contracts uh, in, in regards to bulk distribution, it's important for the company to invest to make, to invest in the supply chain to make sure that it operates efficiently. Can you see Malebe? Thank you very much for your time. Always a pleasure catching up with you and uh, have uh, a great evening. Thank you. You too, Ayabonga.